Amen. I want you all to just for a second. Now look at look at all this out here. It it takes something to get all this stuff out here every Sunday morning and get every wire hooked up to the right place. Um, and then of course now uh, Derek and April have added another layer to the work because we're also live streaming. I don't know if some of you all know that, but we're, we're actually live streaming at the same time. Uh, so this service is being recorded. It's being live, broadcast live now, so people anywhere that want to can go online and see it, uh, particularly on our Facebook site. The live stream is through our Facebook page. But then it will be on our RSNBC page afterwards as well. It'll be on those platforms. So, um, and then Steve, our lead musician, is so faithful to come on Sunday mornings early and help them get all this stuff together. So we are just blessed uh, at Roanoke Salem to have such dedicated young people. I, I want us to thank the Lord again for these musicians and these folks uh, who, who make sure that this, that this happens on every Sunday morning. To God be the glory. On this third Sunday morning in the month of October, in the year 2020, I remember the words that say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now, we are not technically in the Lord's house, but we're on the Lord's property. So all of it still belongs to him, and we can give him glory just for the fact that he's not allowed this COVID-19 pandemic to stop us from being able to gather together and worship together. Let us repeat the mission of Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church uh, from the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 28th chapter, verses 19 and 20. says, Go ye therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them, those that you baptize, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We welcome you to this service on this uh, third Sunday morning. Roanoke Salem's motto is the end of, our, end of your search for a friendly church, and we do our very best to live up to that. And I certainly also want to welcome those uh, who are here as visitors to our church family right here on the parking lot. You're not strangers to us. We feel that you're part of the body of Christ. And even if you're not saved and you're here, we love you in the love of the Lord. And of course, those who may be viewing uh, by way of live streaming from anywhere literally in the country or in the world that you could possibly be viewing from on this Sunday morning. All right, our... Our technicians are still trying to get things tuned up. There's a little vibration coming from somewhere, but they're going to get it right. Check one, check one. Amen. Check one. That's okay. Sorry. Musicians, will you all please give us an opening selection and we'll continue on with the order of service.
Sunday morning. So it's a little bit crisp, but the Lord's given us enough clothes to wear. We, we got cars and we got some heat in our cars and, you know, we can we can layer up. And the fact of the matter is last Sunday morning, we couldn't be together like this because of the weather. But the Lord said, no, nah, I'm not going to let it be two Sundays in a row. And so here we are this morning. Beautiful day. Sun is shining. And we ought to just see what the Lord has done and be thankful and grateful to him for it. We're going to now get prepared to um, for our giving on this Sunday morning, and as um, the folks are coming, I've got some announcements I want to share with you. Uh, first of all, I just want to remind everybody that 
early voting has begun uh, in the state of North Carolina. In fact, it started on this past Wednesday, excuse me, Thursday the 15th. It started on Thursday. And it's going to continue until Saturday the 31st. Uh, so please, please go vote. Go vote. Take advantage of the opportunity to vote early. Don't wait until November the 3rd if you can avoid doing so. All kinds of things could happen between now and November 3rd and the election off the, the um, voting places are open from I think 8 in the morning to like 7.30 at night, except for Saturdays, they, they're open from 12.45, I mean from 1 o'clock to 6 on Saturdays, but Monday through Friday from 8 in the morning until 7.30. Uh, so please, go take advantage of the opportunity to vote early. On next Sunday, which is fourth Sunday, a couple of things. First of all, next Sunday uh, will be our church anniversary. Um, if the Lord allows, Roanoke Salem uh, has existed for 154 years in one form or another. So come on, let's just thank the Lord in advance. 154 years we're looking forward to celebrating on next Sunday. Uh, and let me say this while I'm on next Sunday. We, uh, the Diggins and, and myself had talked about the possibility of trying to uh, go back inside on next Sunday, that's not going to happen because there are some things we're doing. We've got everything settled and know what we need to do and have everything in place to uh, prepare the sanctuary. But there's some some work, if you will. There's some work going on uh, inside of the the building right now, and so uh, let's we won't even try to um, we won't even try to rush ourselves and pressure ourselves uh, to be in the building next Sunday. But we'll still have a a great celebration of 154 years, if the Lord allows, right here in the parking lot on next Sunday morning. Also for next Sunday, please, uh, ma'am, and please, sir, wear pink. I know some of you all been wearing pink anyway because, of course, October is um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. But if you will, please um, make a, a, a note to yourself to wear pink next Sunday uh, so that we can, as a group, uh, be in unison and showing our support against the fight uh, against breast cancer. Also on next Sunday, would you please also make that your sacrificial Sunday offering? Normally we have two every year, but of course this year has been different than years in the past. But we're going to ask you for next Sunday to make uh, that your sacrificial offering Sunday. So please give beyond or above what you would normally give. Uh, that's the whole point of a sacrificial offering. Give it knowing that when you give to God's work, his kingdom building work, whether it's right here at home or whether it's around the world, God will honor your blessing, whatever it is. Now, I'm not putting any amount on it. That's for you to decide. But let us uh, keep in mind next Sunday that we want to wear pink uh, uh, to recognize Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And then next Sunday also we want to do uh, a sacrificial offering. Well, hold on. I got two or three other announcements I need to share with you all as well. Let me go back to the um, early voting again because I want to make sure I share this. Okay, now early voting on Saturday, October 31st, which will be the last Saturday, the last Saturday for early voting. It'll be from 8 o'clock in the morning 
until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's on Saturday, October 31st, just that one Saturday. And let me just remind people where these early voting sites are in case you don't know. Um, one is at Cool Spring Church. It's the Cool Spring Community Center that sits right there on, on the front, right at uh, Highway 46. The Cool Spring Community Center, that's one vote, early voting site. The Cultural Wellness Center in Jackson is a second one. Uh, the third one is, I think it's Creasy School in Jackson. I mean, excuse me, in Rich Square, I think it's Creasy School. And then the last one is in Severn. I'm not sure. I think it's at that, the... Uh, Cultural Arts Center in Severn. So those are your four early voting sites. And you can be, you can live anywhere in Northampton County and go to any of those sites. You don't have to vote in a district or area. Anywhere you live in Northampton County, you can go to one of those four places. Um, one-stop voting. Uh, if you haven't registered, you can still do one-stop voting. In other words, you can show up that day. Even if you haven't registered, you can show up that day wherever you go to those, one of those sites. As long as you, have your, uh, you need to have a driver's license or a utility bill or a bank statement. Now, of course, your driver's license will have your name and your address on it. But if you have a utility bill or a bank statement, they must have both your name and your address on it. All right. Now, also, I want to make sure we know that um, we're going to have a concealed weapons class here at the church this coming Saturday, uh, October the 24th. We're going to have a concealed weapons class starting at 9 in the morning, and it will go until uh, 6 o'clock or so that afternoon. Just bring your driver's license. All you need is your driver's license, and you need uh, to pay $65 for the class. You can uh, bring cash. You can write a check. Uh, but show up on Saturday the 24th if you want to take the Conceals Weapon class here at the church in the fellowship hall from, from 9 in the morning till 6. Please, if you will, call the church this week. Uh, call and let Miss Jean know that you are interested in taking the class. We just want to have a head count. So if you will, please call Miss Jean this week, either Monday, Wednesday, or Friday. Uh, she's there from 8 o'clock, um, excuse me, from 9 o'clock until 4 in the afternoon. Miss Jean is there from... 9 o'clock in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. When she's not there, Peggy is there in her place. And call them and let them know if you want to take uh, the concealed weapon class. A couple of more quick things. Um, please start bringing uh, canned food, non-perishable items, so we can replenish our food bank here at the church, our food pantry. So, I mean, you can just take your time and just do that over the next several weeks. It's not a rush on that, but as you think about it, uh, bring some non-perishable items uh, that we can um, put back and replenish our food pantry. And then last but not least, I want to share with you all that uh, we have some of our uh, children who are doing school virtually this year, but they're doing really, really well. Um, I heard from... Uh, Shakol uh, Goffington about she and Marcel's children, uh, and they're all doing with Michaela and uh, Jaheem and, and uh, Cameron. They're all doing real well. Um, Michaela actually made the honor roll. I mean, she's an honor student, and uh, so is Jaheem, uh, Jamari. They're all doing really well. Uh, Jasmine, Jasmine, Jasmine uh, Smith. My little doll baby made the honor row this most last most recent grading period at her school in Weldon. 
And then her brother, my grandson, Joshua Billups, also made the honor roll. So even during the midst of this virtual learning that's been really challenging for a lot of people, our kids are still doing well. And certainly we need to pray for the teachers and the administrators and the folks at home who are trying to help these kids do their very best while they're learning virtually. So thank you for your patience on those announcements. And now we will continue on. Um, oh, I'm sorry. There is one more thing. There is one more thing. At the end of service, Brother William Sykes sitting over there in his red Honda, red Toyota, William is over there. He has the new Sunday school books for this quarter. If you want a Sunday school book, just go over and see William. He'll get out and have them out ready for you after service. And if you're interested in purchasing some chicken products, William will have a flyer that he will hand you, and you'll see all the information about purchasing uh, chicken products from the House of Rayford, if, if you're interested in that. All right, musicians, all things, please. All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine. Thank you so much for your generous giving. We will now have the sermonic selection, and then we will have the word for this morning. Your grace and mercy brought me Brought me through 
brought me through. I'm living this moment. I'm living this moment because of you, because of you. I, I want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy brought me through, brought me through. Listen. Justice demanded that I should die. But grace and mercy said, oh, no, we've already paid the price. You see, once I was blind, but thank God now I see. It was because of grace and mercy came along, came along and rescued me. Your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy brought me through, brought me through. I'm living this moment, I'm living this moment because of you. Praise you too, and praise you too. Your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy, your grace and mercy. Kept me a long time, still keeping me right now. Your grace and mercy, oh, your grace and mercy brought me through. Brought me through. Amen. 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 We thank the Lord for his grace and mercy. Um, just as we begin to get ready for the word, I want to share two quick things. Number one, uh, this is Pastor's Appreciation Month, and I want to thank the church family. Uh, for the wonderful gift that you have shared with me. Uh, it was presented to me uh, by uh, the deacons, uh, Deacon Osby, and um, I want to make sure that I just say thank you, thank you, thank you, church family, so much. Uh, you have shown me your appreciation all year long for these past four years, every year. So um, I, I just thank you. I thank you so much, Roanoke Salem. And I tell anybody, I am blessed to be the pastor and I'm honored to be the pastor of Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church. The last thing I want to say is uh, my daughter, our daughter, is, is home, and she's here today. And so I'm thanking God. We thank the Lord uh, that Lauren is here with us today. She's home for a couple of days. So many of you all 
So many of you all pray for her. You ask us about her all the time. You pray for her all the time. And Julia and I just want you to know from the bottom of our hearts how much we appreciate uh, that so many of you uh, are, love her and are concerned about her, you know, even though she's a grown woman now, but you all, many of you all still uh, have that same love for her that you, you had for her since she was a little girl running around here like some of the other children that have come through Roanoke Salem. So I just want you to know, Julia and I appreciate that, and, and we're just grateful to the Lord that she's here with us for a couple of days. Uh, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you now for this preaching opportunity. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go now quickly to uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 33, and just a part of verse 34. 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 33, and part of verse 34. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church family uh, in the city of Corinth. And this is what he says. I'm reading from the New International Version. Paul writes, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. That's verse 33. And now just a portion of verse 34. Paul says to the Corinthians, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. There's more to that verse, but I'm going to stop right there. Verse 33 again says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Verse 34, the A part. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. I want to share quickly with us on this Sunday morning from the subject, the death of Christian character. The death, the death of Christian character. Church family, and some who may have been visiting over the past several weeks, you know that um, I've been preaching a sermon series called Divine Decisions. I've been preaching a sermon series called Divine Decisions. And Second uh, Chronicles 7 and 14, which is very familiar to all of us, most of us anyway, that is the, that's the foundational scripture for this series called divine decisions. Well, this today is the third message in that series. Um, and, and like I said, I've been using 2 Chronicles 7.14 as the foundational scripture for the entire series. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, uh, Jehovah God is clearly saying to his people, the Jews of that day, that uh, they were just as responsible for the problems in the nation as the unsaved Gentiles. But God also said that if his people would humble themselves, if they would pray and seek his face, and if they would turn from their wicked ways, God said then he would hear their prayer, prayers, and he would forgive their collective sin, and he would heal their land. Now, that applies to us today, too, because we are the adopted sons of Jehovah God. Jesus Christ came and made the message clear that, that the Gentiles could have a place in the kingdom and in the family as well as the Jews. So that, apply, that same scripture, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, uh, applies to us today. The Lord inspired me to create this series 
because our nation, as I've said every Sunday so far, could be on the brink of an implosion. We're in the midst of a catastrophic perfect storm. We're in the middle of a catastrophic perfect storm. Number one, COVID-19 has killed uh, almost 220,000 people, and we're on the rise. We're on an uptick. It's increasing all across the nation from the West Coast to the East Coast. The number of people being infected and dying is steadily rising. Number two, we are in the middle of a crippled economy. More than 11 million people are unemployed, and, and there are new higher claims of unemployment, uh, uh, claims being filed in states all across the country almost daily. Amen. Now, that's a result of COVID-19, but still, uh, it, it, regardless of the, 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 the cause of it, that's the reality that we're in. And then number three, the third part of this perfect storm, there is civil unrest and protest across the nation. It has quieted down some, and thank the Lord that it has, but it's still that tension is there, and it could just explode at any time. And the reason for it, the peaceful protests are right and just, and I want to say that. The reason for that is because of years of systemic racism and some incidents of abuse by some in the law enforcement community. You don't, you're not anti uh, law enforcement, you're not against police if you say you want police officers and law enforcement officers to be held accountable for their actions in the same way that we hold every other professional group in our society. I love law enforcement. I'm pro-law enforcement. I want law enforcement to be held accountable. And matter of fact, I can say this to you all based on my conversations with law enforcement officers that I know, all of them that I've ever talked to feel the same way. They want to be held accountable for their actions as well. Amen. So, so we're in the middle of a perfect storm uh, of things that are just horrible going wrong in this nation. But here's the problem. I believe that Christians, some of us, we must share some of the blame for some of our national crisis and, uh, because so many of us have aligned ourselves with leaders who mock God. And God is not pleased. So many Christians, some of us have aligned ourselves. We, we, have, we have put, pledged our support and our loyalty behind leaders who, who make a mockery of the things of God. And God is not pleased. The first sermon in this series was called The Truth Matters to God. It was from St. Um, uh, John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. And I reminded us in that message that God expects Christians to tell the truth, even when the truth is contrary to our personal or our political views. We've got to tell the truth anyway. The second sermon from the series was, Trust the Lord, Not the Leader, from the, from the Psalm, the 146th Psalm, verses 1 through 10. In that message, I reminded us that uh, we must put our trust in the Lord Jesus and not in any political candidate. Doesn't matter who's the next president or next state senator. If we trust the Lord, the Lord will make things right. He will take care of us, and, if, and he still has control over everything. Let me be clear. Christians are flawed people just like anybody else. We're flawed. We have issues. We have problems. We have hang-ups. 
just like anybody else, I raise both hands on my, for myself on that one. The Bible says that all of us as human beings are born in sin and we are shaped in iniquity. But when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, we admit our sins. We admit our flaws and our shortcomings. We, we, we recognize them and we say, I, I know that this is a problem for me. And we ask Jesus to mold us into his image. We're not trying to do it by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. We admit that we have some shortcomings. We admit that we have some, some problems uh, as people, but we are asking Jesus to mold us into who he wants us to be. After we are saved, after we give our lives to Jesus Christ through our confession of sin, uh, we should then begin to mature spiritually. Amen. We should begin to mature spiritually. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. It's a day-by-day process. But we shouldn't be the same place uh, year three after we got saved as we were year one. And I'm talking spiritually speaking. We're, as we mature spiritually, we develop something that I'm going to call Christian character. A Christian character defines who we are in Christ. Our Christian character defines who we are in Christ. Amen. We should want our lives to be pleasing to Jesus Christ. We, we should study his word, and, and we should give him praise, and, and we should trust him, and we should do our very best to obey him. When we learn to love, uh, and, 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 and because of our Christian character developing, because of our, us developing spiritually, we learn to love sinful, unforgiving people. Why? Because we remember that we were in sin and Jesus died to save us and he forgave our sins. Part of spiritual maturity, part of your Christian character should be you, you and I having some grace for unsaved people. Not to say we give them a pass, just like the Lord doesn't give us a pass, but he has so much grace for us. That's why we're not struck dead every time we do something we should not do, something we know is sin. And we have to have that kind of same grace for unsaved people because the Bible says while all of us as humanity, while we were yet in sin, Jesus came and died for us and he forgave our sins. Our Christian character now, so it, it should mature us to the point where we have grace and we can actually agape love sinful people, unforgiving people. But our Christian character also compels us to speak the truth about sin Speak the truth what? In love, even at the risk of offending some people. Now, let me be very clear. You should not have the kind of attitude, I don't care if you get mad or not. You can like it or not like it. That's not a Christian attitude, church family. That's not from the heart of Christ. There were people that God spoke directly to and he offended them, they were off, or they were offended by his words, but it wasn't because he didn't care what, about how they felt. It was because he knew that they needed to hear the truth. And sometimes we may be in situations where the Holy Spirit compels us to tell the truth, but we shouldn't do it as if we are perfect people. No, we should do it with the understanding that where that person is today, maybe I was once there too. Amen. God, the Holy Spirit, supernaturally lives within us. And, and when we allow the Holy Spirit to direct our lives, 
We agree with what Jesus says and is right and wrong, regardless of our personal feelings. When we allow God, the Holy Spirit, to have his way with us, when we are obedient to his leadings, he doesn't force us or make us do anything. But when we are obedient to his leading and his teachings and his speaking to us, spiritually speaking, then we agree with what Jesus says is right and what Jesus says is wrong, regardless of our personal feelings. If we give our, if we give our feelings or desires priority over what, over what Jesus says is right or wrong, our Christian character suffers and it eventually dies. If we give our feelings, if we put our priorities over and above what Jesus says is right and what is wrong, then as time goes on, our Christian character is going to suffer, it's going to become weakened, and eventually our Christian character is going to die. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul shares one reason why Christian character can die, where we are today, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul shares a reason why Christian character can die. In, in 15 verse 33, the, Corinthian, the Christians in Corinth, he says, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company, church family, describes immoral and unethical people. Bad company is a description of immoral and unethical people. Amen. That's what bad company is. And then when he says um, good character, he's talking about the attitude and the behavior of people who trust and obey Jesus. Bad company is immoral and unethical people. People. Good character should be the attitude and the behavior of those of us who are saved and we trust and do our best to obey Jesus Christ. I believe Paul was warning the Corinthians of that day, and he's warning us today to stay away from bad company people. Associating with bad company leads to the death of Christian character. That doesn't mean you shun people and you isolate yourself. No. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. But that means that when you run across a particular person, family member, friend, stranger, who just is who just has no moral compass whatsoever. They are unethical in almost every way that you can imagine. That's not the kind of person that we should be associating with. We should not align ourselves with people who have that attitude and people who act in ways that are immoral or unethical. It shouldn't do, we shouldn't do that now. And I want to say that it hurts me to see the death of Christian character and so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ, amen, I'm seeing it. During this election season, some of us as Christians are supporting bad company candidates. Amen now. Amen. Somebody's probably saying, well, you sh this shouldn't be a political message. Well, politics is part of life. Politics is in the Bible. And Jesus is concerned about the whole man, so we might as well tell the truth. Some of us are supporting and aligning ourselves with bad company candidates. I'm afraid these sisters and brothers, uh, uh, um, uh, their, their Christian character is being corrupted because they don't seem to care about 
the candidate's moral and ethical behavior. But I humbly remind all of us, Jesus Christ does care about who we support because we represent him in this world. Jesus Christ cares about who we support because we represent him. Amen now. The standard of what should be considered ethical in this country has, for, for people that we elect in these offices, the standard has come down real, real low over the past several years, especially in the past three and a half years. And you know what? It's not just the fault of the people who are in those offices. A lot of it is the fault of we as Christians, too, because as people have continued, these candidates and these leaders have continued to, to act out and speak in ways that are unethical and sometimes immoral, a lot of us haven't said a word. We've just, we've just given them a pass. It's, it's, it's okay. Now, I, I, like, I like her position on this thing. I like how he, how he's, what he says about this right here. So because I like that, I, I don't care about the rest of that stuff. Well, I'm telling you, God does care. There's a description of bad company, people, that's found in Proverbs Chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. Some of you all are very familiar with this. I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified Bible. Proverbs 6, uh, 16 and 19. This is what it says, starting with verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven things are an abomination to him. Verse 17, a proud look, and then it says in the Amplified the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. Church family, that's just talking about somebody who's arrogant, full of false pride. Here's another thing from, from, um, from there, still in verse number 17. A lying tongue, that one is self-explanatory, and hands that shed innocent blood. A lot of times as Christians, when we read this scripture and we talk about innocent blood, the first thing most pastors will tell you, they'll start talking about people, doctors and nurses and folks who work in abortion clinics. And, 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 and this is talking to you because you're shedding innocent blood. Matter of fact, I heard a very famous TV preacher down in San Antonio, Texas, say this recently on one of his broadcasts. Well, I want him to know and I want you to know it's not just doctors and nurses and folks who work in abortion clinics. Amen. Amen. It's not just them. Let me give you a good example and a recent example. If I have some information that might save somebody's life, but I don't share that information or I don't share it accurately and somebody ends up dead, I got blood on my hands too, y'all. want you to know that now. If I have some information that could save your life and I either don't share it with you at all or if I share it with you, I don't share it correctly, I don't share it accurately, I don't share it fully, and as a result of my not sharing that information at all, or as a result of my not sharing that information correctly, somebody ends up dead, I've got blood on my hands too. Amen. So it's not, it's not just doctors and nurses who work in abortion clinics. That ain't the only, they ain't the only folks that we, we should look at or we think God looks at as shedding innocent blood. Amen now. Let me go to verse number 18. Verse 18 says... <clears throat> A heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans, feet that are swift in running to evil. In other words, those are people who are involved in unethical and illegal plans and schemes. Verse 19, a false witness 
who breathes out lies, and then it says in the Amplified, even under oath. That means that's talking about somebody that'll go to court, put her hand or put her, her, his hand on a Bible or affirm that they are telling the truth and they're lying the whole time. That's somebody who'll go into a courtroom and swear in front of a judge or infer, affirm in front of a judge that what she or he is saying is the truth and the whole time they're telling a lie. God says he hates people who do these things. Now, after reading that, after sharing Proverbs 6, 16 to 19 with you, let me get to the main point of this sermon. Here it is. If I choose to align myself with bad company people, my Christian character is dead. If I choose to align myself, if I choose to closely associate and continuously associate with bad company people based upon the, a description of what bad company people are, if I continue to still support those kind of folks, then my Christian character is dead. Amen. I know that at one point or another, all of us may have been guilty of something in that list of bad company, or we've had brief connections with bad company people, but Christians should, align our, should not align ourselves with people who are habitually in, in, engaged in doing things that God says he hates. Let me say that one more time. Christians should not align ourselves with people who habitually, they're doing this stuff all the time. It's the way they roll. It's the way they live. We should not align ourselves with people who are engaged in doing things that God says that he hates. Bad company corrupts. Bad company kills Christian character. But in verse 34, and I'm, I'm getting ready to close now. In verse 34, there's some good news. There's some good news found in verse 34. If you want to break away from bad company and resurrect your Christian character, verse 34, Paul says, come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. How were the Corinthians sinning? Some of them were rebelling and they were in some disputes about the fact that um, because some bad company people had disputed Paul's teaching that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Paul had taught that. They believed it initially. Most of, the, most of them believed it. And then some bad company people came along and started saying, no, Christ wasn't really raised from the dead. Paul's lying to y'all. That didn't happen. And some of the Christians believed it. Some of the folks in Corinth, the church family Corinth, believed it. So it became a real big heated and nasty argument and, and dispute between and among them. Paul's teaching... Uh, that Christ had raised from the dead had created an opportunity for some bad company people to come in and sow discord. And that's one of the things uh, that God says he hates, people who sow discord among the brothers. In other words, people who intentionally create issues and tension between people. That's on that list, too, found in Proverbs 6, 16 and 19, people who sow discord among the brethren. And that's what was happening in Corinthians at this time. Some bad company people had come in and start sowing discord. Some of those people believed the lies that were being told by the bad company folks, and as a result, their Christian character was corrupted and it was dying. But Paul said these wayward Christians could come back to their senses and stop sinning. That's good news for the Corinthian Christian. And that's good news for you and I because our Christian character can be resurrected when we renew our faith 
in Jesus Christ. All the Corinthians had to do was ask the Lord to forgive them and to cut their ties with bad company. I believe in 2020, some of us need Jesus to resurrect our Christian character. And he's ready to do it, church family. I want you to know he's ready to do it. He said in 1 John 1 and 9, what? Y'all know this, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, and he will cleanse us of all the unrighteousness of our sins. After Jesus Christ forgives us, then we have to cut our ties with bad company people. Now, some of us already know we need to walk away from some bad company, but sometimes we're too arrogant or we're too stubborn or we're too scared to walk away from these folks. But I want you to know this morning, if you ask Jesus to help you, he will help you break those connections. He'll break those connections you have with bad company people. And, and I know that's right because in St. John chapter 15, verse 7, Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, what then shall we say of these things or to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? The 46th Psalm, Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and our strength. He is an ever-present help in trouble. The devil and people may try to stop you, but Jesus Christ will set you free. I close with these words. I pray that Jesus Christ will set free every Christian that is currently entangled in a bad company relationship. I ask Jesus to resurrect our good Christian character. I also pray that moving forward, all of us will remember that the truth matters to God. I pray that we will trust the Lord and not the leader. Amen. And as I said before, when it's time for you to vote, if you haven't already voted, when it's time for you to vote, you vote your own Christian conscious. You vote your own Christian conscious. Don't let anybody tell you who to vote for and how to vote. You have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. You seek the Lord's leading, and whatever way the Lord leads you, that's how you vote, and God will be satisfied with you. Amen. Because regardless of the outcome of these elections, and hear me closely, church family, regardless of the outcome of these elections, Jesus Christ is still King of Kings. Jesus Christ is still Lord of Lords. The will of Jesus Christ shall be done. Amen now. If you allow Jesus to be the head of your house, it won't matter after November 3rd who's going to end up in the White House. Our job is to share the love of Christ with unsaved people because we want them to be saved and to know this love and this experience of having Jesus in your life just like we do. Christian character has died for some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, but the good news is that it doesn't have to be dead. It doesn't have to stay dead. It can be revived. It can be brought back to life. Why? Because Jesus Christ has the power of life and death. In fact, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. That's why he came down through 40 and two generations. That's why 
after he had done his mission and his work here on earth, he let them take him to Pilate's and Herod's judgment halls, lie on him. He let people uh, spit on him. He let people slap him in his face. He let people take him out the back of the judgment hall and beat him so badly that he almost died. The flesh was falling off of his back. You could see his ribs because of how badly he was beaten. Jesus Christ let man put a 300-pound cross on him, and he carried it most of the way by himself up the hill. When he got to the top of the hill, Jesus allowed them to put railroad-sized stakes in his hands or his wrists and in his legs. He allowed people to pierce him in his side, and out came his blood and his water. Then Jesus Christ did not die because man killed him. The Bible is clear. Jesus gave up the ghost. He gave up his life for you and me. He said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. Jesus Christ then willingly let them put him in a borrowed tomb, and he stayed there all the rest of Friday and Saturday night. Stayed there all Saturday, Friday, and Friday night, Friday day and Friday night. Then he stayed there all day Saturday and Saturday night. But the Bible is clear that early on a Sunday morning that we call Easter, Jesus Christ got up with all power on hev in heaven and on earth and under the earth. He got up with all power in his hands. The power to change you and me. The power to resurrect our dead Christian character. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, and he shall direct your path. Here's verse number 7. We know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Here's verse number 7. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. Church family, Christian character is on display right now, and we have to make sure that our Christian character is showing the world that we don't have to be worried and scared about the outcome of an election because we have our faith and confidence in the one who has power over the election, the one who has power over the candidates regardless of who may win, and that's the Lord Jesus. I'm going to um, give us a dismissal prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you have blessed us once again to hear your word, and I pray that it has sunk into the hearts, the spiritual hearts and minds of those who may hear it wherever they may be. And then, Lord, if there's one today who has heard this word and they are ready now to uh, obey the Holy Spirit and give their lives to you, I ask that that person, wherever you may be, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I believe you are the son of the risen God. I, be I believe you are the son of the, of the living God. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now saved. You are part of the body of Christ. And you are entitled to all the blessings and all the benefits and all the favor of God that's found in being a member of the body of Christ. I ask you now that we will be uh, dismissed. I'll give, us, I'll give us the benediction, and uh, we'll get ready to go home. Please don't forget, if you want a, if you want a uh, Sunday school book, 
a new for this quarter, go see William after service right over there. Also, if you want some information on purchasing some, some uh, chicken products, see William as well. Now for the benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest room about us henceforth and forevermore. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church.